Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm actually enjoying this. I've never been downstairs for a service, but you will be surprised next week. The set is so huge upstairs, they didn't have enough time to finish it. Um, but we'll, we'll do that. And uh, pretty soon we'll have uh, a couple of baptisms in May, so I'm excited for what's happening and how it's going to look when it's upstairs. Um, but I'm just going to get right into it because I try to make this sermon as short as possible, but it's not. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so we've been talking about uh, our sermon series this month is called uh, Are You on Mute? And it's about sharing an invitation, sharing our stories with people and what happens when we don't share that story, when we don't uh, let people know uh, what's happening in our own lives. Um, so we're in the book of Luke today with the story of the parable, uh, the parable of the sower. sower. Um, but I told you last week I like country dancing, um, and I'm on this team called Firebrand, and uh, we dance at the parade every year and throughout different uh, festivals in Chicago. And when I first started, uh, started in this group, um, I, I, and I usually don't do it, but I'm like, do you want to go to church? <laughs> no one said yes. <laughs> None of them uh, have, oh, actually one, David, uh, came one time with me, and this was when I was a member of, of Urban Village. I wasn't uh, leading uh, any, of the, uh, uh, any of the sites. Um, and I kept thinking, uh, you know, I, I felt a little, didn't feel too bad about it, but what as, as I've gotten to know the guys over the years, I feel like we all had the same questions, no matter who we were. The questions of what do I want to be? The questions of what kind of difference do I want to make in the world? And these are a bunch of great people uh, that I call my friends. Um, how do I want to be in relationships with other people? How do I want to be in relationship to the world? But I think those are all spiritual questions that we all have. And Jesus has a lot to say about these questions if you th look through the stories that he shares with people. Um, but what I realized is that they're wrestling with the same thing. And it was that we're alone sometimes without community um, and without guidance or wisdom from someone else when we're looking for it. And so yesterday, I, I don't know many of you know, but um, I did an Ancestry.com thing. I don't know who my biological father is. And so I was raised, uh, my dad adopted me, so I was raised Mexican. Um, and <coughs> a few years ago, I just said, you know, I, I was named after him. Um, let, me, let me look for him. Uh, so I did a, a, a test, and I found a cousin in Puerto Rico, and then I, through that, found my siblings that live in Chicago. And so I, I called them, and we met for the first time yesterday. And it was just really awesome. <laughs> I, I, the, in January, I contacted, you know, you know my brother passed away last year, and so I just lived by myself in Chicago. The rest of my family lives in Texas. And so, you know, it's just kind of the holidays got real lonely, and then it's January, and I'm like, oh, I, w I was looking up something, and I'm like, oh, let me, let me text him to him. And I'm like, oh, I don't have anyone to text. And I felt alone that day. And then I'm like, you know, I think I have another brother somewhere. Let me look for him on Facebook. And I found him, and I sent him a text, and, and we met yesterday. So now I have a nephew. I, I don't have nephews. I only have nieces, but now I have a nephew. I now have a trans niece. I'm like, oh, I should have met you guys a long time ago. Um, and and I, it was just really wonderful yesterday. I felt like um, they had the right amount of crazy. Like, oh, yeah, this is definitely my siblings. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I just, 
you know, it's just such a good feeling when you don't feel alone. And so I think my buddies in, in the group, we all have that, that we're there for each other. And, you know, and, and life sucks sometimes. And we're out there and we're trying to do it all alone. There's no one there to listen to us and no one to guide us. But Jesus um, offers this community. And I think that this is where the power of the gospel of the good news is, is that you don't have to be alone to go out to when you go through all of these things. You have people to go through these things with you. And so I started attending here six years ago. Um, and for community, Jesus did change my life. He changed it in a trajectory for better. I changed careers at 50 years old. Now I'm doing this, but I was doing something else before. Um, he he helped me be a better father to my children, a better partner. Um, been there every time I messed up and continues to be there every time I mess up. Jesus has changed my life. And more than anything, Jesus has given me the courage to live boldly, knowing that I don't have to face any of my challenges by myself. I'm never going to be alone. And so this idea of church isn't called to be personal, like Paul was saying, or a private kind of faith. It's called to be public. It needs to be shared with other people. And, when, and we've been unpacking for the service, Acts 1.8. I'm going to read it. It says, rather, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we've talking about what it means to be a witness, why it's so hard and why this and what the invitation looks like for people. And so today we're going to look at the parable of the sower, sower. And um, you may have heard it a few times already. Um, if God put man on earth, but determined that he wasn't going to speak to man, then um, then humans would know very little about God. We would have general knowledge from creation, right? So we would know, um, and, and so this is general revelation that we would have. It's not easy that there's some things that you can learn from God just by looking at nature. If God did not speak, um, this is what we could learn. God would teach us that there is a creator, that it came from somewhere. God teaches that uh, creation teaches us that there's a sustainer. Someone's going to keep it going. The plants are still growing. The flowers are still blooming. And God teaches grace. And uh, one of the uh, people in the Bible that knew about God's grace a lot was David. So you can just looking at people, looking at creation, you would know some general revelation about who God is and why God would give such care to humanity. God, creation cares uh, teaches about the power of God when you see a thunderstorm, when you see the rain like it is today. There's general re revelation when you see these things. And then, um, but general re revelation doesn't really teach you or how to know God. To know God, you would have to hear a word from God to know who God is. And this is what we call special revelation. And it's when God speaks. Um, you could... And so today we're going to talk about special revelation. And the special revelation is when you know when you know that, um, that you, could, um, you couldn't fly high enough. You couldn't go far enough to know the goodness of God, that God's goodness is there with you all the time. That's special revelation, stuff that you don't ever um, know unless God tells you and God shows you. And that teaches us to value our time with God. Because um, God chooses God's will to be known in our life. 
And um, so I'm going to get right into that, um, right into the parable today. And I'll get to it in a second. Where am I at? Um, this parable is, is actually found in all the Gospels. It's the first parable that, um, that Jesus says. And um, it seems simple enough, but I think that there's something that God wants to speak to us about this, about him in this uh, thing. So I'm going to go here. First is the context. It says, when a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. And so we see that Jesus uh, is faced again with this enormous gathering of people and um, Ma Matthew's gospel, when you read it, it indicates that the crowd was so big that Jesus got in a boat and pushed away from the land. And so you have this great opportunity to give this message to all the masses that need to hear it. Um, aside from all the public fear that someone might have in speaking, uh, let's just assume that Jesus was a good speaker. Now, if you are given this opportunity to speak to such a massive crowd, so imagine the United Center full of people, um, and you are like, what message am I going to give these people? What am I going to say? And what do you think the world needs to hear from me? Um, I can imagine all these questions going through his, his, uh, his head. But he takes this opportunity to issue maybe a solemn a warning. Maybe this is his chance to tell them, hey, you got to do this because I'm coming back soon, something. But this is the strange thing that happens. He starts to teach them in the way of a parable. And it says this, the sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil. Soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew out up with it and choked it out. Other, soil, other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. And he said all these things that he would call out. He's, he who hears, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus gets this big group of people, and the first thing that he does is he gives them a lesson on farming. Even um, he didn't know, he, he didn't even tell them how to be a good farmer. Really, Jesus is giving an observation about farming to this big group of people. He doesn't tell them how to do it better. He doesn't tell them the secret to better crops. He just begins to tell people that farming is hard. Farming is difficult because there's a lot of obstacles when you're farming. And so we hear the story um, about different soil types. First is the hardened soil. Uh, the sawyer went out and he sowed some fell beside the ro road and it was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air ate it up. So the so for me, the farmer is putting the soil, the seed exactly where he wants it and at the desired depth. But in Jesus' day, it was a, a little less technical. They went out back then with a bag of seed and they would just throw seed. They didn't plow it like we plow it today. It, it, they would just throw seed and whatever the ground was, and then they would plow it. And so he scattered the seed out into the ground. Some of the seed would land on the walking path. The walking paths are um, 
in a, a kind of a lost concept to us as well because everything drives out, we all drive here, but in a culture where everyone walks, um, there are paths that are cut out in the dirt and the grass, whatever it is, because everyone walks on it. As the crow flies then, the crow takes these seeds away. And, um, and we'll go to the second one here. People are always walking through middles and pathways. I have one in my, I have a huge yard, and I don't know why people have created a path of mud when they're cutting through, and I, the grass doesn't even grow there anymore, but I, I keep it there. I feel like putting rocks on that um, one day, but we'll see. Um, he moves on then to the rocky soil. The seed fell on the rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. So this isn't much like it has rocks and it's hard. This is more like the, I have some stone paths in the back and I guess soil has come upon it over the, over the years. Nothing grows on it. It just has a little level of soil and then there's rocky path under it. It's shallow soil with bedrock. Um, and then he talks about the, let's see, the, that there wasn't enough moisture on it. So when it got hot or dry, the plant that came up, it withered and it died. And so the farmers that are listening to that are like, yeah, that happens to me. Every time I do that, there's, uh, there's hard soil under, uh, rock under it. And then the other type was the seedy soil, the weedy soil, that uh, seed would come up, it would start to grow, but it would be choked out by other thorns and everything that, that uh, was around it. And that happened to the farmers as well. So they're understanding the story, I think. Um, and then he gets to this other soil, and I get through all these four types of soil. Then the good soil. And we know the good soil, everything that, it, that had seed, it grew, and it produced a crop a hundred times as great. But this is where um, the farming story comes to me, and it's interesting because at the end of this whole story about farming, he says, he who has ears, let him hear. Is a strange sermon to say the least. Because one, it doesn't explain what the farming story meant. Jesus didn't explain it to anyone. It's really difficult to, to see um, what it has to do with the story at all, the ears. And beyond that, there's no subject of reference. Jesus doesn't say anything to them. Um, and this is to say that Jesus just tells them to hear. But he doesn't tell them what they should hear. In short, he just gives this massive crowd that's gathered together, and he gives them the realities of farming. And that's it. He says, Peter, pray us out. And that's it. They doesn't do anything, anything else there. And there's no record of, of what they thought of it. They, there's no record of it. But we know that some people would be fine with a sermon like that. Just... Tell us about the soil. We get it. The disciples, though, they were messed up. They didn't hear it. They didn't understand it. And, and that's where Jesus explains it to them. And the Gospels, um, when it talks about the seed, it says that the seed is the word of God. And so sowing the seed, for me, it represents sharing the story of God and this good news that God sent his son Jesus into the world to try to equate um, and, and he sent Jesus into the world for that we would have community together so that we would have fellowship with God. 
And some people, when we're talking about the Sawyer, some people say the Sawyer is Jesus. But um, to keep it in general, I think the Sawyer is us. We are the sower. We are the ones that, that, that share God's word with other people. And so the first three soils represent the three kinds of hindrances to the good news. And Jesus then goes on to warn about the three obstacles. And so this is where we're going to get the first one is the birds of the air. Now, I grew up Pentecostal, and we were taught that the birds of the air was Satan, that Satan had all this power to take this, this soil. Um, it, it was it was a story I heard, but sometimes it felt like not right to me, and I felt like it was attacking me in some ways. Um, but I think I'm going to give you what my understanding of, of it is through my lens of being a liberation theologist. I think the birds of the air are the principalities of the air, which to me is sexism. It's heterosexism, it's racism, it's capitalism, all the isms, all of these systems that are coming together against the people of God and against humanity. And I remember inviting um, someone to church one day. They came with me and Pastor Hannah was preaching. And I forgot what she was preaching about and I know it was good. But we went out to eat afterwards with lunch and he, and he just was like, you know, I just don't like women preachers. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, what? But I'm like, oh yeah, you, I went to church with you. We don't, <laughs> we all believe that. <laughs> I remember that uh, women are not supposed to be pastors. And so this was my first time when I came here to see a pastor actually speaking a woman. <laughs> I'm like, and so for him, it was very difficult for him to receive a word from Hannah because it came against what the principalities of the air was telling him, that women are secondary in the kingdom of God. And it's not the truth, right? And the Bible says that these injustices, they make us see the world in a certain way, but it stops us from seeing the truth of the kingdom of God. A circle that continues to expand more and more, that the more we bring people in, the bigger the circle gets. That's the kingdom of God. Not make the circle smaller. Say these people cannot enter. These people are not allowed. These people cannot speak. All of those things, that's the principalities that I think happens when you're talking about this kind of, of, um, of, of, of ministry of soil. It's the same thing that happened with the Jews and the Gentiles, where they're so like, oh, no, we can't make the circle. Only these people are allowed. This, the birds of the air. The second hindrance is rocky soil. Some fell on the rock, and uh, as it grew, it withered. Um, and I heard it called the profession of faith. You just don't believe enough, brother. That's what I heard. I, I grew up in church. I've never left church. I mean, believe me, I, I believed enough that this gay boy could love God, that God loves me, no matter what everyone else around me was telling me. So I have faith, but people are like, you don't have enough faith. That's your, they called me this, this soil, this scenario of someone that professes faith and then falls away. That never happened. And I've, uh, I've happened, uh, sometimes people receive the, the gospel gladly. They're excited about what they're, what's happening. They're, they're excited and they start coming to church, uh, start reading the Bible, not all of a sudden something comes up and something happens and they stop. Um, and I was heard that it's because they never really believed. But I have to believe that there's more to 
to people, and there's more to our stories than just that. That doesn't mean that you have no faith. Um, instead, for me, it's like, you know, have you ever been pre uh, preparing for New Year's Day and you're like trying to lose some weight so that you fit into something? And um, you start exercising or you stop smoking or you stop doing something and, and you start off really great, but then something happens and then you, 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 you're so excited, but before long it, it just becomes a chore. Exercising becomes a chore, I know. And you keep doing what you started doing before you planned. And so January 1st comes, I know every January 3rd, I get a gym membership. And by February 3rd, I'm like, it's just so full. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, to me, is that. It's not about um, that, that it, it has nothing to do about who you are. And so I think these changes in the way that I'm seeing scripture and the way that I'm seeing the words that Jesus says um, are different. For me, instead, it's do you make time for God on your schedule? It doesn't have to be like you're praying 24 hours a day, you're, you're, you're on your knees in the morning. Some people would love to do that. It could just be saying someone's name because you remembered it. That, to me, is a prayer. And so then we're talking about the seeds that fell among the thorns. Um, that's like when you want something really badly, but other things keep getting in the way. Again, it's... I was brought up to know, just heard it in such ways that it always fell upon me that I was the bad person. When God created us to be good, God created us in God's image. We're all in God's image, every one of us. Nothing can change our mind from that. Um, and so, so sometimes I want to spend more quality time with my kids, or, um, and instead I go and have a drink with my friends. Those are the things that I always have to kind of think about. It's all, all about my relationships. Um, and I just have to take a nice, honest look at my faith and what I I'm, I'm, um, believe, and I strive to grow, grow closer to God all the time. Um, but this is the seed that fell on the good soil. It's um, the one that we all strive to be, the one that we're seeking Jesus with all of our heart, as he's asked us to do. He says, will you seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart in Jeremiah 29? And this is the message I think he had for the disciples. That as we're talking about invitation, as, as we're talking about sharing our stories, is that we don't have to worry about the seed. Because God will give revelation in God's time, just like he gave revelation to each one of us one day. We, didn't, we, we don't have to worry about the, about the seed. We don't have to worry about what they're going to say because God gives revelation to each one of us. All we have to worry about is our own seed, what, what, what happens to the word when we hear it. And so for me, what happens to the word when you hear it and it comes against uh, messages that you're hearing from other people? <coughs> and again, I, like I said, I, uh, I come from a very conservative family. And it's interesting now that I have, I have t two new sisters and a brother and now a stepbrother. Um, and just sitting about around the table, it just felt so comfortable. Um, but I already knew that I couldn't, one, take my partner with me because I'm like, I, I don't know how that's going to feel. And interestingly enough, 
the family as we're sitting through the table, one sister's like, don't talk politics. <laughs> I'm like, I wasn't gonna talk politics, I just met you, girl. <laughs> I'll do it next week. <laughs> um, but as I'm sitting um, at the table, <laughs> it was just very nice. One of them's like, would you like to pray for our food? They've never prayed for food before, so the rest of them are like, I'm like, I don't, I'll do it next time. <laughs> um, the, the, the message for me and the, that I felt to give was just um, my own life. And it's not that hard. I didn't feel like I had to give them all these different points, but I'm like, they just sharing a story of why I didn't look for my dad all those years. And I, and I was like, well, I found out when I was 17, but I also found out that I, I was LGBTQ at 17. And my dad sent me to Mexico to live there. And so when I came back, I, I was, I turned, I remember turning 25 and I, I, I wanted to find my biological father. But I'm like, well, what if he rejects me too? I said, so I didn't. I said, I didn't. At 35, I was like, you know what? Why don't I go look for my father? And the same thing. The world told me that I was not good enough. The world told me that God did not love me. And so I didn't. I said, I didn't, I didn't look for him. And I'm the only one named after him, someone he never met. You know, so my name's Pablo, and that's his name. And so, and so as I come into the room, I look just like him. I'm the only of all the kids, I look just like my dad. And, and, and so I said, and, and they're like, what happened? I said, well, when I cl turned uh, close to 40-something, I said, something happened. What happened is that I realized that I was perfect, just the way I was created. I said, not only perfect, I think I was created to be like this because if I would have let that light shine at 17, I wonder what the world would have looked like back then. Instead, the light was dimmed for all those, all those decades and decades. Not only dimmed for me, but the way I raised my daughter to th tell her that she had to act a certain way and be a certain way because she's a woman. Um, those things changed. And I said, so uh, that's what changed in me. I said, God created me the way that I'm created. I'm coming against those principalities of the air, just in case the seed is about to get taken by a crow. By a crow. But that's us. We don't have to worry about those things. It's just sharing the story. And I didn't feel embarrassed. I didn't feel shy about it because I know without a doubt that God created me this way and God created me uh, in a certain way. And so that's our stories to tell. Each one of us has a special story, no matter what it is. Our, our, our revelation that we receive from God is special. It's a special word from God. Each one of us has that word. And it's our job to just share that. It's not that hard. And so as we continue to, to, uh, to be with each other, as we continue to be in community with each other, my, my uh, word for you today is don't worry about the seed. God will take care of that the way God took care of it with you. It took me 35 years, but hopefully not as long for others. Someone shared that story with me. It was Pastor Hannah over coffee one day, and it changed my life. It changed my life. Um, so share your stories. Um, be the sower in other people's lives, and, uh, and the more you do that, the easier it will become. Amen.